Welcome to Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. Truth Matters believes in the words in Acts 2.47 that proclaim, The Lord adds to His church daily, such as should be saved. We believe in the Great Commission Christ gave before returning to the Father, and we obey His command in Matthew 28.19 to go and make disciples of all men. Now join us as Pastor Terry Ames gives today's message. We're going to be talking about the Bible. On Sundays, we're going to be talking about the Bible. On Wednesdays, we're going to be talking about religion. You know, last Wednesday, we did the what is true religion, and this Wednesday, we're going to be doing what is false religion. And on Sundays, until the Lord stops me, we're going to be talking about the Bible. Because everybody's having people planning on having revivals or starting to have revivals. And while the Lord hadn't led us to a revival yet here, I think we need a Bible revival. Very simply, a Bible revival is, is just starting to trust in the Bible, the Word of God again, reading your Bible, finding out what it is that God wants out of us, how God blesses us. And uh, that way we can speak truth to other people. We're not just shooting off the top of our head because that doesn't do any good. The world can refute things that you just shoot off the top of your head, but the world can never refute the Word of God. They'll try. They say they can. But every time they say they can, I've always found they've been proven wrong. So before we get into our sermon this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord. Give us a humble heart. Open our hearts, Lord, for the word that you want to give. Lord, empty me and just use me as a vessel for the Holy Spirit, Father, to preach truth this morning, preach your word. Give everybody the understanding and the the unction to get into their Bibles, to get into some Bible studies, Lord, and work on what it, our sanctification, what it means to be a Christian, Father. We can, we can put a label on things, but if we don't walk the walk and talk the talk, then it's just a label that we just put on. We just wear a cross, or we just wear a shirt, or we just wear a cap. Father, we just pray that actually we wear, we wear the Word of God, the full armor of, the, of God, that we, Holy Spirit, Seek your guidance every time that we open our hearts to receive that word. And Father God, you just anoint us for the work that you have for us. Lord Jesus, for that sacrifice you gave and that salvation that you gave through grace and through your blood. Father, we just thank you so much for everything that you've done. Jesus, Holy Spirit, bless us today. If we have any sin in our hearts, Lord, Forgive us, bring it to light, so that we can have a clean heart to hear your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Start out with, the word of God is food for the soul. It's not just something that you read. The Bible, the word of God says that it's something we consume. That it's supposed to taste like honey on our, on our tongue. That we're supposed to be able to feed upon it. It's supposed to nourish us. Because the Bible is God's holy word. It's divinely inspired. It's beautifully written. People say, I don't understand it. Then get you a translation you can understand. Get you a good one. Research it. Ask ask a preacher, ask a pastor. But get you one that you can understand. And then get you a good, strong concordance for that particular uh, Bible. 
and do some word studies because you'll find a lot of times the words we use nowadays and we're reading out of the Bible does not mean the same thing. So it doesn't make sense sometimes when it talks about certain things, but if you read what the, what the actual Aramaic or Greek or Hebrew word was, then it starts to make total sense. So you need to go by the Holy Spirit when you read this. I always pray to the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you, not only is it beautifully written, it's immensely powerful. The Word of God is a two-edged sword. We seem to forget that it is a sword. It's something that God has given us to weld, not only in our hearts, but in our hands. We can physically hold this. We can carry it. We can take it with us. If we go on vacation, we can take our Bible with us. He's given us a new tool now, and it's called a smartphone. And I was guilty of it this week when we was at... Uh, camp meeting up here at East Campbellsville Church, camp meeting, that I just use my smartphone, and that's okay. But I encourage you to carry a pen or a pencil with you and your Bible Bible when you come to church, and here's why. Because you never know when something is going to come to you when you got that Bible, and you could write a note, or you could highlight it, or you could, and you'll always know that the Lord spoke to you at that moment. There are several things in my Bible that's been highlighted, written on, I've seen Barb's, Barb's Bible, and uh, she showed me some passages one time. She's got written down the passages that I use for our, to preach from on sp uh, specific days, and she's written down, Brother Terry preached on this, or Brother Terry preached on this. It's always good to have something to reference to go back to. So I do encourage you to bring your Bibles. And I know we have them on our smartphones, but, but just be able to go back and reference it because God will speak to you. And when he does, take note of that because in the future it will bless you. Every Christian's got a different relationship with the Bible. Some read it daily. Some read it rarely. Some have never touched it, and that is a shame. And some have written books and sermons about its stories. Many feel that the Bible can be dry and hard to read. But many others have experienced it to be rich, overflowing with life, and to be life-changing. That's what it was to me. It was life-changing. When I was able to get into the actual Word of God, it absolutely changed my life. So let's talk this morning about it being food for the soul. Our study text is Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He said, We don't live by bread alone. We need that to nourish our bodies, yes. But we also have a soul that we're to nourish also. We're, we're, to, we're to feed upon the word of God. That is our manna. That is our soul's manna is the Word of God. And we can feed on it, and it feeds on it. Our soul feeds on it just as much as our fleshly body can feed on bread and get its nourishment from that and its substance from that. And it can go on another day with that. You know, when your body starts running out of food, you start running out of energy. You start getting tired. You can't move. Your body starts to starve and, and, and eat upon itself. Well, the soul is that way. 
If the soul isn't being fed with the Word of God, then the soul will start becoming hungry and hungrier and hungrier, and it will start getting weaker and weaker, and your spiritual walk with God will get less and less, and you'll have less spiritual energy to continue on. Until, guess what? You start succumbing, not necessarily from the soul eating upon itself, but Satan trying to come in and snatch that. Satan trying to come in and steal that soul. Now, we all know from the Bible that God says every soul is his. It always goes back to him. But if you listen to Satan and you, you don't listen to God and you fall and you start sinning and you don't have Christ in your life and you're not saved, then that soul, even though it goes back to God, will receive judgment and will be sent to hell permanently. So we need to make sure that we continue being fed. And God reminded Israel of their fleshly hunger in the wilderness. Remember, God was providing manna to them. He was, yeah, after a while they got tired of it. But He provided manna for them. And even though that, He was also warning them about spiritual hunger that can only be satisfied by His Word. Deuteronomy 8 3 says, And He humbled thee. And suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. You hear that in the New Testament too, don't you? Yeah? Well, guess who said it first? Moses. He told him, he said, God sent you manna, heavenly bread. That's all you subsisted on. You didn't have nothing else to eat all these years. Every morning, God sent down, every morning, God sent down fresh manna. Told you not to save it because it was going to spoil overnight. And it would. Because why? God wanted them to trust him every day for their sustenance. It's the same way with his word. God wants us to trust him every day for his sustenance for our spiritual well-being. That's the manner that I'm talking about is the word of God. He says, every word that proceeds out of the mouth, man lives by. What more could we want? It's okay to go out here and buy books that are from godly people and reference things or read things or read stories or things that they've researched that we haven't researched. It's, it's okay. I, I never, I've got a whole library full of books. I've, a lot of them I haven't even got to yet. I've always said I will. I bought them and said I was going to or they were given to me. And I said I'd get to. And they're by good godly people. But make sure the Bible is the first thing. Make sure that you have your Bible set next to you when you read it. Because if you, if you see something that doesn't quite click, look in the Bible. They could be right. You've just never seen it that way. Or they could be wrong. Make sure you're being fed by the Word of God. Because if you're not being fed by that word, it'd be the same thing as, hey, you know, potato chips taste good, don't they? Doritos taste good. Cheesecake tastes good. Tastes good. Banana pudding is awesome. Can I, does it taste good? Yeah, can I live off of it for a while, but it's going to rot your body? If that's all I ate, it's going to rot your body. Well, if all I did was just eat everything but the Bible, read everything but the Bible, it's going to eventually rot me because all I'm getting is the sugar, the sweets, the side stuff, the good tasting stuff, the stuff I'm interested in. I'm not eating my broccoli. 
I'm not eating my liver. I'm not eating my lima beans, Lisa said. I love lima beans. What I'm doing is I'm just putting junk in my body that's not really going to feed me. It'll sustain me for a little bit, but it's not going to be the nourishment with the vitamins and everything I need. And that's what the Bible is. So we need to read it. At times, study it. I know some people have a hard time reading. That's okay. I'm going to tell you. Let, let me explain something to you. And it, it so blessed me Friday and amazed me Friday. And it just showed how fast you can go through a, a whole book of the Bible. There was a 10-year-old boy that got up at the camp meeting during the singing part. 10 years old. I thought he was going to recite just a couple of verses. The boy got up and recited the entire book of Jonah word for word. Old King James Version did not miss a lick. Didn't miss a word. Ten years old. What, it take him seven minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, about seven minutes to, to, remember, to put it all out there? How many times have you sat there and said, I can't even, I can't even read a chapter, Pastor? And, and, and it takes seven minutes to read the book of Jonah if you're just going to read through it. I was so amazed this boy did it, I could not help myself but jump up and yell and give him a big and stand for and give him a big standing ovation. And he was expressions in the right spots and everything. He did that over the COVID break because he couldn't go to school. He told his mom he was going to memorize it. We don't have an excuse. I told Lisa, I said, that boy put me to shame. I'm, I'm supposed to be a pastor and look what he's doing. And he preached to more people in seven minutes, just reciting the word of God and nothing else than than I've been able to than I've been able to preach more powerfully more powerfully than, than I've ever been able to preach. It was amazing. It was powerful. And he was ten, barefoot, well way on flip flops and shorts, and dirty knees because he'd been outside playing with his friends. Amazing. So he's been feeding on the Word of God. And he blessed a lot of old people and young people. And he preached to a lot of people in those six and seven minutes. In Job's days of trials and tribulations, he yearned to hear God's words knowing that it was the true food of life. He went through a lot. But Job 23.12 says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of, my, of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. How many actually will put aside lunch or maybe delay breakfast a little bit to get out their word and read it? Hey, I'm not perfect. I'm not telling you I'm holier now. I've done it. I've, I've done it. So I'm preaching myself too. We need to get fed first by God. Put a devotional on, on the way to church. I mean, on the way to work. I've got Bible apps now that got preachers on there. I've got just Bible verses. i got audio Bibles, and sometimes I just listen to them. I'm going to town. Well, that's your job. Well, no, it's not. That's what God's called me to do, but he's called all of us to do that. Because if I don't, then somewhere along the line, I'm telling you from fact that I start getting hungry. You may not recognize it as that. You may say, I just don't feel so close to the Lord. That's why. You're not being fed. You're starting to starve a little bit. 
But Job knew that, and he got to where he yearned to hear God's word in his tribulation. I have. I was When I was sick, I asked Lisa to read the Bible to me because I just want to hear God's word. It's believed that Ezra the priest wrote Psalm 119 after the temple was rebuilt. See, not everything in there was written by David. So. And when he retreated to God's word, he was refreshed and uplifted by holy food. Psalm 119.103 says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I have yet to find anything that God has written, that God has inspired people to write, that has turned my stomach. Even the warnings in the Bible are sweet to me because I know I'm hearing for the Father in heaven. I'm hearing from, from the inspiration of God. I'm hearing the stories of how God operates, what He likes, what He dislikes, His judgments in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, His blessings and His love for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. So even Ezra said that that word was just so sweet in his mouth. Wow. We get out of here and we read garbage. We think it's good. I'm serious. Some of the stuff that we put before our eyes, Yeah, I heard a saying when I first started going to church at Custer. I didn't hear it as a kid, but evidently all the little kids at Custer Church knew it. Little eyes, be careful what you see. Little ears, be careful what you hear. Isn't that true? There's some things in my life I wish I'd never seen because once there it gets implanted in your brain. I'm not talking about gory stuff. I'm talking about, about stuff that is, that is uh, sinful. I wish I'd never seen. Wish never passed before my eyes or words I'd never heard. Wish there was words I'd never heard because it became a common speech pattern for me for a lot of my life. So be careful. I always warn you, be careful. Don't go out here and put yourself in positions to where you're going to get into hear things and see things that later is going to affect you. It's going to keep coming up. When you least expect it, the devil will throw it at you. Run. Just run if you have to. As Jeremiah the prophet continued to warn his people under stress and duress, he finds solace and immersion in prayer and God's word. Remember, Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. He was crying over Israel because they had turned away from the Lord and had gone back to idols. Israel did that a lot. You know, it only takes one generation to lose it, folks. We're seeing that today. It has come to life before our eyes today, but it's been going for a long time. Only one generation. There's a lot of places in the Bible where it says Israel returned to the Lord. Israel started serving the Lord and was getting blessings. But guess what? New people were born. Babies were born. They grew up. And it says, but this generation did not know the Lord. That means they were sinful. They went back to idol worship. They went back to doing the sinful stuff. They went back to sodomy. They went back to everything that God had abhorred and clinged out of Israel the time before, the generation before. We're seeing that now. You're only one generation away from losing your country, and you're also only one generation away from losing your, your freedom to, for religion. 
You're one generation away. How many parents do you know and grandparents do you know that were godly people? There were so many people talking about that Friday. Godly people that talk about their grandparents would get up in the morning before they even fixed breakfast for everybody, and they would be praying still in the darkness and crying out to God for the kids and for the husband. And the husbands would pray, and they would go to church, and serve, and they, they weren't living across the street and can just come over. They walked two and three and four miles in the snow, the rain, and whatever, everything, in their Sunday best, maybe rode a bicycle or hitched up a buggy and came to church. Wasn't no air conditioning. You sat there in full Sunday dress with the windows up with a fan going. They came and worshiped the Lord. And then the next generation, the kids may come half the time. They may come half time. They may come on, they may be creasters. That's why I call them Christmas and Easter attendees. And then the grandkids, they don't know what church is. They don't know what time it starts. They don't know who goes there. They don't know why they need to go. You can lose it. That's why I pray. And Lisa and I thank the world of that little boy downstairs. But I pray that Adam and Tasha continue to raise that boy in a godly way. And Lisa and I, I'm going to be honest about it, seriously, we've been praying lately that Adam and Tasha send him to a private school. Somehow. Because some of the garbage they're teaching kids now, there's predators out there in the schools now. Don't let their little eyes see this stuff. Don't let their little ears hear this stuff. Teach them about God. Teach them to pray. Teach them how much you love them and how much Jesus loves them. Because you can go to church your whole life, and he may only start going maybe if he's got a lot of training under him, he may only go half the time you went, and then his children may not ever go at all. That legacy is gone. Because the word of God is not being preached, teached, or, in, or consumed. They're not looking at it as food. It's just looking at it as uh, something I, I don't want to hear that old fogey stuff where we know it's words to live by. And Jeremiah, he was warning his people and he was under stress, just like me. I warn all the time. But he finds solace in prayer and he finds solace in God's word. He feeds upon it. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I did eat them. I consumed them. I used them for my spiritual nourishment. Do we do that? Do we look at it that way? That it is necessary for our spiritual life? It is necessary for us, for us to live on the Word of God? I don't think we do. I think we've kind of gotten away from that. We need to get back to it. The Apostle Peter implores us to desire the Word of God as babies hunger for milk, that we may grow as Christians. 1 Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. Folks, we have new Christians that come into our churches and we don't even give them the milk. We sit there and say, repeat after me. Oh, you're, you're saved now. Put your name on the rolls. 
See you next Sunday. Bring, bring something for the offering plate. Do we ever follow up? Do we ever give them the tools? If they don't have a Bible, do we as a church give them a Bible? We've got Bibles here to give. We have to. That's fine. Do we follow up with them? Or do we just let them walk out the door and then for the next week the devil is going to beat on them, beat on them, beat on them? Until they may come for a Sunday or two after that. But how many have we seen come here and then just drift away? See, we need to keep the milk going. Now, there's a while to get off the milk. But I'm going to tell you, occasionally at home, when I'm eating meat and everything else, I may still want a glass of milk to drink with it. Because I'm not complete yet. I will never be totally where Christ wants me to be until I go to heaven. There will come a day when I will be totally sanctified. But until that day comes, nope, I'm still working. I still need nourishment. Every once in a while, I still need a little milk. And that milk is just simply something you may, you're still struggling with, you may not understand, but you let the Holy Spirit work on it and He will bring you understanding. The meat is the deep stuff. The meat is what I'm talking to you about today. The meat is what I'm talking about right now about the food. That's the kind of stuff. This, 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 this here is not for your salvation. You should already be saved. This here is for your continued existence and growth as a Christian. Because I can set this and give this to somebody walking down the street right now that's not a Christian, and they'll say, Psh, I don't understand that. I don't get it. I don't understand that. Why are you giving that to me for? I'll either throw it in the garbage or I'll throw it on the coffee table or I'll throw it in the closet or go up on a bookcase. I'll never open it because they claim they don't understand it. But for us Christians, us Christians, what does the Bible say? First, Second Timothy 3, 16, 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Hmm. How many churches you know actually preaching and teaching out of this? Oh, they'll pull verses. They'll pull verses, but how many do you know actually really trying, really trying to get you to read your book? If a 10-year-old can stand up there and recite it word for word out of the King James Version in about seven minutes, word for word, and not miss a word, that put me to shame. Should put all of us to shame. Because I know the first verse I ever learned was John 3.16, and it's been with me forever when I memorized it in Sunday school as a kid. Now that I've gotten older and I really get into my Bible, no, I'm not like some great preachers that can just sit there without, a, without any notes or anything and tell you what verse this and this is, but I can tell you it's in the Bible, and I can take you to it. But as the Holy Spirit brings it up to me, I may not be able to just quote chapter and verse, but I can tell you what the Bible says about it. You got to feed on it, folks. That's your nourishment. 
That's your nourishment. Martin Luther said the Bible is the cradle wherein Christ is laid. That's where Christ is laid. You want to find Christ? I can't find Jesus. Yeah, you can. Right. You want to hear from Jesus? Right here. You know what Jesus has to say about something? Right here. I have yet not to find an answer to a question of mine if I go to the Word of God. Now, I may need to take some searching. And yes, a lot of times now I do use technology and I cheat. I'll go to Google to find the verse. Instead of digging out a concordance, out of the bookcase or something, I may sit there and get on my phone and something come to me and like, oh yeah, where's that at? And I'll Google it. That's okay. God has given you that gift and he's blessed you with a smartphone. But that's not always the answer. Because usually I'll look it up and then I'll go get my Bible. And I'll read it and I'll read what it has to say. And sometimes I may get a couple of reference books. You know, Sharon and David blessed me with some really great reference books at Christmas time. And they have been tremendously helpful in my preaching. And I use them pretty much every time I go to give a sermon. Now I have a different set, an older set that was given to me that was used. And sometimes I go to them and I put them side by side and see, you know, if they differ a little bit or what the thought is. But the thing of it is, folks, you gotta 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 get in there and read it. You gotta study it a little bit. You gotta chew on it for a while. Don't spit it out. Swallow it. Take it to your heart. Let it speak to you. It will. It'll speak to you like good old. Biscuits, butter, and honey. Seek the Word of God. Seek His face. That's what we're called to do. Seek His face. If you don't know, and I feel I'm preaching to the choir this morning, but if you don't know God, now is the time. But folks, the main important thing for me to get across this morning for the few of you that are here this morning is to spend some time alone with God. That's what you're really doing. If you're in the Word of God, you can't do it with the TV going. It doesn't work. I've tried it. You need to go someplace quiet or turn the TV off. Ask your spouse, is it okay if we just sit quietly for a few minutes? I want to read my Bible. If you can't get away and get into it. Because that's when you commune with God. That's when God will speak to you. And that's where the Holy Spirit will work in you. And that's when you get the... Sometimes you'll feel a blessing. Sometimes you may not feel much. But sometimes you'll feel a blessing come over you. Just, it just make you want to cry. Or just you just feel the love of God. And that is a God wink. That is something that God is giving you. You say, well, that's just feelings. No, you know the difference between a ball game feeling and when God is working with you feeling. So get in your Bibles. We're going to be talking about this for the next few weeks. We'll have a different subject next week than the food part. But get into it. You'll be surprised at how your day can change just by getting a word or two from God. This has been Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. You may email us at glasgow1chog at gmail.com or visit us at 1517 Glenview Drive in Glasgow. Join us next time for another insightful and timely message from Truth Matters. I'm Lisa Ames. 
God bless.